Hey everyone, welcome to Mark My Words, the only podcast for independent paint and hardware retailers. I'm your host, Mark Lipton. Thank you very much for joining me today. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in today. Really cool episode today. Uh, Jay Ward is a, a dealer in way upstate New York, uh, right on the Canadian border. Uh, he has uh, two lumber yards. I got to know Jay a couple of years ago. He was a follower. He had reached out to me or vice versa. Uh, and we got to know each other and we became friends over the years. Uh, he's got a really cool uh, setup up there. Uh, pretty big staff, 50 people, two locations, uh, mostly lumber, although he is a Benjamin Moore dealer and, and does a nice job with them. And uh, he's a really, really great communicator. One of the things that uh, impressed me about Jay right away, uh, e even before all of this that, that he's about to share with you today, is, is uh, Jay really communicates with his staff uh, and with his uh customers extremely well. He uses videos on Facebook. He puts them up on YouTube and he really does a great job of getting uh, his message across that he uh, cares about his customers. He cares about his employees and any other message uh, that might be important to him at the time. And so I, I always watch him on social media and I had noticed uh, a, a couple of months ago, I guess this would have been about two months ago, uh, he had maybe a little bit less, he had a, uh, a COVID outbreak among his staff. And, and so I got in touch with him and I asked him if he would be willing to speak about the COVID outbreak uh, that they experienced. I thought it was a really interesting uh, story to have an outbreak right in a dealer and how it affected them and how they responded to it. I just felt like there was a, a great opportunity for retailers to learn a lot. One of the things that I, that I hear from Jay in here that I really want to point out is first off, they had a plan. And so Jay had thought about this, even though he's in a part of the country where COVID was not a significant problem, uh, the part of New York that he lives in, as I said, is up near the Canadian border and COVID was not uh, as aggressive up there as it was down here in New York Metro. But nonetheless, just in case, uh, he did have a plan in place and that helped him when the crisis did come. And so uh, that really caught my attention because everybody who reads, anybody who reads me regularly knows I'm a very big fan of having contingency plans ready and at your fingertips in the event that you need them. And so the other thing that he focused on was his communication. And I really uh, want you to focus on, on what he was talking about to people because the way he communicated during this crisis with his employees and with his uh, uh, customers, the way he communicated was the way we should be communicating. Uh, so give a listen. Jay gives a really compelling account uh, of this experience as the CEO of a, of a fairly large, uh, by independent retailer standards, a, a fairly large company. Uh, and he talks about their response. He talks about how this affected him individually and, and as the CEO. So it's a really great listen, and I hope you enjoy it. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining me today. I have a really cool episode this morning. Uh, a friend of mine, a dealer up in upstate New York, Jay Ward. Jay, how are you today? Good, Mark. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, it's great to see you. So, Jay, tell us a little bit about your business. 
So Ward Lumber was founded in 1890. Uh, I'm a fourth generation owner and manager. As you said, Northern New York, upstate New York, we're in the Adirondack Park of Northern New York. Um, so we are in the mountains, uh, very rural. We have two locations. Uh, we are uh, contractor oriented with a real heavy and dedicated DIY following. And, and so we're here to talk about, uh, you had a, a very interesting experience that you had been sharing with me as it was uh, ongoing. And, and I just thought it was a, a really uh, fascinating story that dealers and anybody else who listens could benefit from. And so uh, you had an outbreak uh, at Wards uh, of the coronavirus uh, sometime uh, a, a few months ago. It's cleared up now. Is that correct? It has cleared up. Uh, we're not letting our guard down, but yes, everybody's back to work. Right. And so let's let's go through that sort of experience. Uh, just before the outbreak, uh, obviously, coronavirus had been in the news. We had all known about it. And so what sort of adjustments had you guys made already uh, in your staffing situation to try to avoid an outbreak? So March 16th was when I really got serious about coronavirus. Um, I, I was prior to that. I hadn't really heard about it maybe only a, a week or two prior because I don't watch the news. <clears throat> I don't consume any media. At all? Uh, at all. Oh, that's interesting. I don't watch TV. I, I don't, I, I read a local. But you listen to my paper. podcast. I do listen okay. to podcast. <laughs> yes. Fair enough. Um, so, so I was a little bit naive, I must admit. Um, but that weekend prior, uh, I, I do a lot of reading. So that weekend prior, I did a lot of reading and came to the realization, this is real. Yeah. So, uh, March, uh, March 16th, um, Monday, March 16th, we started getting real serious about it. I formed a COVID team uh, with uh, some of my key managers, two store managers, CFO, IT manager, um, and another person. And, and, and we got serious. So we went really full bore. Uh, and we did all the things that everybody else is hopefully doing. We, we sent everybody home that could work from home. We put up sneeze screens. Uh, we created social distancing. Um, we did things like um, our truck drivers went to no signatures, no contact, and took photos of deliveries instead of handing a paperwork and a pen over. Um, so so I, I think we, we went really hard and fast at it. Um, and, and when New York State came out with guidelines of how businesses should operate, we were in it. We had already been doing everything that was on the list and then some. Um, so I feel like we had a really strong response. Um, we, we were wearing masks before New York State required them. Um, and and let our me, community was very responsive to that. Let me clarify something for uh, people who don't know so well uh, New York State and where you are. You're basically Canadian, right? I mean, yeah, you're, we, you're in New York State. I understand you, you pay your taxes, unfortunately, on the wrong side. You're on the expensive side of the line, but, but you're right, right up there where, where the French speakers are, correct? Yes. Uh, there's a lot of French Canadian in our, in our vocabulary. Uh, right. We're closer to Montreal than we are any other large city. We're, we're five and a half hours from New York City, and we're an hour and a little bit more from Montreal. So we are very far north. Right. We're a long ways from New York City, right. um, which was the epicenter of COVID, as you know. Right. And in our county, um, we operate in two counties. In Essex County, there's 36,000 people in a land area the size of the state of Delaware. Wow. So 
it's large and sparse. So we've been very lucky that uh, our, our incidence rate has been very low. At one time, I don't think we've had a single fatality or death from COVID in Essex County, last I checked. Um, and I don't think in Franklin County either. We have less than 100 cases in Essex County. Right. Our, so you guys, it sounds like we're very proactive. We were proactive in the business, um, and our, our area has been very low instance, low, low instance um, in actual cases. Right. And, and so let's talk a little bit. How did you actually find out, uh, you know, as the CEO of Wards, how was it presented to you that, that you had an outbreak on your staff? So, I guess, again, we were really very serious about this. And, and you know, I, I, was the, I was the face mask police around my businesses with customers and employee team and, um, you know, just really pressing hard, really leaning in. So to answer your question, um, Friday, June 26th at about 7 p.m., this is a real clear moment. This is a big moment, so I can even tell you the time. Right. Um, I received a text message from one of my pro sales staff who said, I was feeling great today, but right at the end of the day, kind of feeling off, and I have a fever now. So, oh, okay, make sure your store manager knows and keep me posted. So that was Friday night. Right. Uh, Saturday morning, I checked in with him. Fever still rocking, rocking hard. Um, so, you know, constantly in contact with him. Tuesday, um, an office mate, this is a very large office, like 20 by 40 office. Right. And this is, um, this is in an office. This is not a, an on the floor employee. Well, not an on the floor employee, but a sales office dealing with professional contractors right off the sales floor. Okay. So gotcha. Part of our store team, part of this team in one of our stores, um, but an, an, an office mate two at two ends of this, uh, long, uh, office, um, was at work on Tuesday. Um, and he didn't feel well. That must've been, uh, the second, first or second didn't feel great. So he left early. So at that point, we're still not sure what's going on. Right. But the first guy continued to have a fever, pretty good fever. And, and by Tuesday he was feeling really crappy. So they obviously went to get COVID tests right away. Right. Um, I, I had been encouraging everybody to get COVID tests. I got my first COVID test in May um, and, and we were being proactive with that. So Thursday morning, uh, July 3rd, uh, we got the first notification of a positive test. Um, and then kind of all heck breaks loose at that point. Right. I would think um, so. I immediately uh, made my team aware of the situation. And I'll back up and say that on March 16th, I started sending daily COVID updates to my employee team, including even our yard staff who doesn't have a company email because they work outside. Um, I, I asked them for their personal email. Um, so I was constantly communicating because this has been a very fluid situation, as you know. Right. Um, so I, was, I used that daily update, which I usually send out in the evening to immediately send out an email to say, we have a positive case. Right. And so that was your first interaction. That was your first step after you uh, were sure that you had a positive case. Right. The next step was to communicate to the public, which I did very, very quickly. 
that evening, I, I, I really took some time to figure out the message to try to be very accurate and complete and provide how we're handling it. Not just we have this issue, but here's how we're handling it. Right. Um, and let me let me stop you for one second, because I've seen some of your videos and, and I think that they're outstanding. And so I want to take a second to uh, to tell retailers that are listening where they can find these videos, because they're really a, a great uh, tool that that retailers can use uh, to start communicating with their employees and their customers. So where did you post this video? Well, uh, so it was on our Facebook page. Right. Um, as things happen, they'd get posted there. But I think for your listeners, uh, the best place to go is uh, to wardlumber.com because they're all there on the homepage as a collection. Right. Um, send Putting them on Facebook was the more immediate way to get it out there. Um, and then there's also in the J market in Essex County, um, <clears throat> there is a daily email newsletter, a community newsletter, free newsletter that is so awesome. Um, and I put updates in there as well. And I would put a link to the video. So, so the videos were shot on um, a fairly nice camera, but shot on a, on a video camera. And many of them we put up raw because right. timing was really important. Right. One take. Here we go. Right. Right. And, and I, I, I'm fairly good at that. Um, just letting it roll one take, get it out there. Uh, but then as we had time and, and if it, was more of an informational, um, we would send it to our marketing company to get sort of fluffed up and put a logo on it. But um, the videos were uh, were just a way for me to get that message out in a personal way, because this is a very personal situation. Right. Mean, people are talking, thinking about their health, their families. Right. So it was, it was important to get that message out uh, in many ways. Right. And, and so your first steps were communication. Uh, did you have a plan in place that you were working off of, uh, or, or were you just kind of, uh, seeing what felt right and, and acting as an executive in that moment? Um, a little bit of both. Um, I mentioned the COVID team earlier. Um, we had been talking about the what if scenario and, um, in my mind, it wasn't, what if, but when right. it's, we're going to have a positive case. And, and let's just, I, I don't like to make it happen by, you know, thinking that way, but I just wanted to really think hard when this happens, what are we going to do? So communication was a big piece. We had a cleaning company, a professional cleaning company lined up on call um, for months um, so we, I contacted them and they came in and did a cleaning, uh, right away. I had a text exchange with my CFO and I said, here's the deal. And this is what I'm going to do. And she said, definitely, we need to get the cleaning done. So we brought a professional cleaning company in, you know, they came in in the zoot suits right. and the whole deal and, um, <clears throat> disinfected the office space. And uh, one of the individuals had gotten in a couple trucks. So the trucks were disinfected. Uh, all the computers, the phones, the paint computer, because one of the individuals had used the paint computer. Uh, high touch surface areas like door handles and all those typical places uh, were professionally clean. Right. 
Right. And and so were you closed at all? Or it sounds to me like maybe some of this happened on a weekend, but I, I don't know your hours. So how did this affect the operations of the business? So we never closed. Um, and I'll answer that in two ways. Uh, in, in New York State, hardware store lumberyards were deemed essential. So we never closed from the get-go. And we never closed um, during these positive cases. Um, we took we took precautions to, um, and we were definitely in touch with Essex County Department of Health. Right. And I was in touch with the Department of Health well in advance of having positive cases. I, I was in touch a month or two in advance to say, I just want to do the best job I can and be totally on top of things. Is there anything I'm missing? Here's what we're doing. Right. What do we need to do? And uh, the feedback then and since came back that uh, you're over the top, you're doing more than required and you're, you're, you're exemplary in your response. Um, so having had those conversations advanced, I immediately called the Department of Health and told them we had a positive case before they even got the results. So I said, all right, here's where we're at. Here's what we're doing. And um, is there anything else I need to do? And, and they said, were the government agencies helpful? Yes. Yes. Um, I, 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 I use them as a resource um, and they were very helpful. Um, I think they were initially a little bit wary. Like, you know, I was going to be pressing them to not do something, you know, in the first conversation prior to positive cases. Um, but I, I made it very clear. I, I, I want to do the best job. I want to be the best business owner, best community member that I can be. So I need your help. Right. Um, so they were very helpful. Uh, they, they provided great resources, great advice. Um, so very, very helpful. And, and so, excuse me, you didn't have to close. Walk me through the rest of the response. So these employees had, uh, close by coworkers, uh, they had customers that they must have been uh, dealing with at some point. What, what happens to all of that? How does that get handled? So as soon as the first case, um, I, as soon as I notified the County department, uh, health department, they started their contact tracing which New York has been very proactive and successful right. with. Right. So they interviewed the individual who was not feeling well, and uh, they quickly quarantined a coworker who had been sick the week prior to the uh, first positive case feeling not well. So that person got quarantined. They were feeling well. The second mm -hmm. individual to be quarantined was feeling well, but they were quickly taken out and they had to have a COVID test. Um, so, so all of that happened in fast order, like within the day of my notif notifying them, they had done their invest, their initial contact tracing, reached out to everybody that they felt needed to quarantine, which was only three people, right? Three people on your staff or three people total. Well, three people outside the family members of the positive cases, right? three people on my staff and none of our customers. Right. Because the individuals that were positive were not frontline um, uh, serving customers on a front facing basis. Right. Um, and the criteria in Essex County, and I think the state of New York is that someone has to have spent 
more than 10 minutes within six feet of the person who was, uh, who had become positive. Now notice I didn't say with or without a mask on. Right. They use the, the, the lowest or the highest criteria, whether you had a mask on or not, if you spent 10 minutes and you were within six feet, you got quarantined. Right. So we were social distancing. Um, that, that was an early, early policy that we were enforcing. So there was very few people. There, there was nobody that actually met that criteria, but the fellow who had been sick prior got quarantined. And the other fellow who was in the same office for their work day um, was quarantined as a precaution. Right. Now, that third guy that um, was in the office came down positive. Oh, wow. Um, he, he's, he's the one that left on the Tuesday and then subsequently tested positive. Right. And, and so was that a challenge for your staff to keep things going? Uh, or are you staffed sufficiently? I, I know you're a pretty big business. You have two locations, but I don't, I don't know the size of your staff. I know you're a lumber yard, so you probably have a, a bigger staff than a typical independent paint retailer who might be listening to this is, is thinking. Let's talk a little bit about how that affected them. So we have 50 employees, uh, roughly 20 um, per store, and then the balance are administrative. <coughs> you asked, how did this affect our staffing? Yeah. I don't, I, I, I'm uh, struggling to put into words how large the impact was. Right. It was huge. Um, so, so there's the, the psychological impact. You know, everybody's scared. Um, the public's scared. The coworkers are scared. You know, they're they're seeing their their coworker, team member, and friend now with the virus. And boy, does that hit home. Yeah, a lot of people uh, maybe were taking it a little less serious. You know, some people in general, you know, think this is a farce. Yeah. Well, it's this interesting. Is no farce, right? It's no farce. It's interesting uh, to me that. Uh, even though you're a New Yorker, uh, that's, you know, people associate New York uh, with the epicenter of the of the uh, COVID outbreak, but in fact, not the part of the state uh, that you're talking about, right? So the COVID outbreak was in New York City, the, the, the epicenter of the, you know, the ground zero of COVID for the United States was, was basically in New York City, where Jay lives is as remote, where Jay's stores are, is as remote as any other remote place that you're aware of in the United States, right? I mean, you're you're probably how how far from New York City? You got to be eight or nine hours. Five and a half. Oh, five and a half from the Manhattan. city. Oh, to get to yeah. Manhattan, right? And and you're in the wilderness, right? So the, we you are, are in, in the, the wilderness part of the country that shouldn't have been overly concerned about COVID, right? right. And and our instance is so low and continues to be so yeah. so. You know, the, 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 the general, luckily, the general issue here is not that we are having high instances. Um, so so it's, it's ironic, I guess, that uh, we did contract some cases. Right. And, and so we were talking about uh, the staffing and, and some of the fear that they were dealing with. Uh, did you uh, uh, see the need to bring in anybody to help support them with any of that? Or were you encouraging them to get help on their own? Uh, how did that get handled? So I guess one of the things I want to talk about in that regard is um, we did some, uh, some Zoom meetings, some team Zoom meetings uh, after hours 
uh, in quick succession after the first case and then subsequent to get everybody together in a socially distanced way because you know, normally I would gather everybody together in person in the lunchroom and we'd all talk and you know we could see each other's faces and, and we would have that opportunity to Q&A, you know, me as a CEO and, and, you know, I want to be very open with my team and be available. Couldn't do that. Yeah. So Zoom was the next best thing. So um, we had some, some Zoom meetings that were optional and I actually had one that's mandatory, which I, I don't normally like to do, but I needed to see everybody's face. I needed to hear questions. I wanted to share information, Yeah. but I just needed to, to be in touch. It's hard for me to not be in touch with my team. Yeah. Um, I talk a lot about the Ward Lumber family, which is um, not only the employee team, but the family members at home. And, and this really affects the Ward Lumber family um, because, you know, the spouse is worried about their, their spouse, the, the spouse at home is worried about their spouse at work uh, because we're in retail. Um, and the kids and, and the extended family, the, the parents that may live with my employees. So um, I really needed to be in touch with them. And so we did that a lot with Zoom um, over the, the couple of weeks of, uh, after the first couple of cases. Right. And what about the actual staffing in the store? So you obviously had to have uh, make, make some changes. At the very least, it sounds like you were down two employees, but it, it sounds like you might have had to make some other changes. How did that get handled by you guys? Um, so we were down three because there was three people that were quarantined and ultimately tested positive the three people in that office, it was a cluster and, and, and we did contain it to that one office. Um, and, and we contained it because of all the proper practices that we had been using from day one. So to answer your question about staffing, I'll back up to March. I gave on, on I don't know, about March 17th or 18th, I gave my employee team the option to opt out of the workplace. If you're not comfortable, you do not have to come to work. Um, there was a period of time early on where I even paid people to stay home, full paycheck. Uh, we brought that down to half paycheck. Um, but I, I wanted to keep people as whole as possible. And New York State and the federal government provided some supplement. Right. So nobody lost a paycheck during any of this. Fabulous. From March 16th to today. Um, that was my goal to make people whole. This is really about about the people, not the business. The business right. is secondary right. at this point. Um, so we had people that opted out um, for various reasons for days or weeks or one person even um, while their child was home from school, stayed home from, I don't know, middle of March to almost the end of June. Right, because this experience, the COVID outbreak is is more than just about health. Obviously, uh, health is the most important thing, uh, most important aspect to it, but there's a lot of families that are in perfect health that are uh, stuck at home now in a very different situation because their kids aren't in school. Right, right. So, so and obviously our families and children in particular need to be our priority. Yep. <laughs> so, that was a choice that uh, one person had to make with a with a, a young son who was home, um, so we we supported that. Yep. So throughout this pandemic, we have been short staffed right. for a variety of reasons. 
Anything to the point of crisis, Jay, or or just a little tight? Uh, constant low grade crisis right. and times uh, full blown uh, code red crisis. Right. Um, and keep in mind that our industry um, has been extremely busy. Yes. All time because the people you mentioned that are sitting at home. They're looking at their walls and they're That's deciding right. to paint them. Right. They're painting. They're putting, they're putting a deck on. So we're nuts. Right. We are absolutely nuts right. um, with business out the gazoo, customer accounts like we've never seen. And we have less staff than right. we normally would on a typical March or typical May day. So uh, it was wild. Yeah. Yeah. And so, go ahead. Sorry. So after the cases, uh, the three cases, or after the first one, um, we had people really opting out of the workplace um, for uh, various concerns, and and without question, we wanted them to make those choices. Um, now, I, I, I want to back up and say, uh, prior to the cases uh, and starting in March, we paid our frontline employees who we're not able to work at home. Um, uh, I, I, we call it a COVID adder, I think. Um, it started out at 50% additional pay. Um, and then it went to 25% uh, for months. And then once New York State started opening phasing, uh, we ramped it down uh, 10% uh, to zero. Zero meaning so, your regular pay. You're back to your regular pay. Regular pay, right. yeah. So we got back to zero shortly before the first positive case. Uh, and that we were in phase four when that first positive case hit. Right, and I just want to clarify for those around the country that are, uh, you know, this virus comes through different sections of the country at different times. New York in the area where Jay is speaking about and even the areas uh, downstate New York and in Connecticut where I live are very clean now. The virus has now passed us uh, several months, you know, now many of us are living fairly normal lives. You're probably wearing masks every day, but working fairly normally uh, in your stores. Um, yeah, well, when I go to sleep at night and close my eyes, I still feel a mask on my face. Right. We're wearing masks all the time here. Because we're wearing it all the time. Um, so uh, we have ramped down nothing as far as our precautions. You're right. New York State is below one percent uh, right. infection rate. Very uh, low for the last eleven days in a row. Yep, very low. So um, we're 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 in a better place, but it's still there. It's still out there. Um, so um, I had been paying the the COVID adder uh, for those folks on the front line because I felt like it was it was important to do. We were busy as all get out. We were short staffed, and these folks were under so much stress. So the least I could do was to add to the pay. We, we did other things. You know, I'd, I'd bring them breakfast sandwiches or, you know, I trying to do little things. We got special T-shirts for everybody working on the front lines. Um, Sounds anyways, like you invested your, your PPP money in your people, which is a wise investment and, and what the government wanted us to do with it anyway. Right. I mean, there's no better investment right. uh, than, than in people because, yep. uh, you know, I can work 24 hours a day and the place goes nowhere without the other 49 people on the team. Um, but we had gone to zero on the COVID adder because we were in phase four, everything was open or at least everything that phase four allowed, which was most everything. When the COVID cases hit, 
uh, I committed to going back to a 10% adder for the two weeks that um, the, the, the positive cases might have caused Affected risk, spread, added right, risk. Right. We really, really tightened up um, if someone was not feeling well. So, so from the beginning, if somebody wasn't well, don't come to work. Or if you don't feel well, please go home. That was the case since March. Um, and we had been asking folks if they were out of work for any health-related reason to get a doctor's release to come back. So take a test, because, in other words. No, no. Uh, actually, to get a doctor's release, and the doctor would decide whether a test was required or not. Fair enough. You know, th- that's a medical decision. If right. someone's not well, why are they not well, and are they well enough to return to work? And that wasn't a decision that we're capable of making. Right, fair enough. So prior to positive cases, you, you got to go to a doctor. So, and, and so people are, are not well for various reasons. Right. You know, it was winter time, so whatever. So folks would be out for a few days. Right. Just or, to remind the people listening, uh, we're talking about April, but that is winter time up where Jay lives. It's winter time through the end of April and sometimes yeah. into May. Yeah. Um, so we had folks where, where, you know, somebody would leave for whatever reason and they'd have to go to the doctor. The doctor took him out for two weeks, like in March. Right. Somebody would go out for sniffles and the doctor would take him out for two weeks just without question. Yeah. So, you know, that's a reason we were really short staffed. Right. Uh, was for two weeks at a time. We lost people. Um, somebody's uh, one, one of the truck driver's spouses um, was possibly exposed. So the doctor took the whole family out for two weeks. Yep. Um, so we continue to require that doctors release to come back to work after the positive cases. Uh, let me, let me back up the individual who had been sick, uh, but was not thought to have COVID um, had gone to the doctors, had been out, gone to the doctor, came back, was out a second day, came back, and then subsequently a coworker got sick. And subsequently that individual who had been sick for a day tested positive. Mm-hmm. So that's why we wear masks. Yeah. If anybody thinks we should not wear masks and this is a farce, that's bullshit. Yeah. And I don't know if you can put that on your podcast, but I am. Fuck yeah. I am just. Wear a mask, so fed up with people. Yeah. With anybody thinking, oh, uh, I, I don't want to hear it. Wear a mask. Masks keep you safe, Jay. It's as simple as that. Masks keep you is. safe. They keep your neighbors safe. They keep your friends, your family, your children. Masks keep right. people safe. I see it as I'm living my life here in Connecticut, which is actually even better than New York. Uh, right now in terms of the virus and New York is in great shape in Fairfield County we have basically nothing going on here in a county of a half a million people and it's because everywhere I go every bank every post office every store every street Mm -hmm. everybody I see is always wearing a mask and that's how we've controlled it it is and this individual was not symptomatic right and they went to a doctor right and the doctor said, no problem, and sent them back to work. Right. And then subsequently, you know, we had this clustered outbreak that we right. controlled. Right. But the individual who was not well for a day or two and came back to work had gone to an event the weekend prior uh, 
an event where there was there was lots of people and there was as as it was related to me lots of people not wearing masks um so wear the friggin mask yeah people. wear the masks y'all and so um, let, let's get back to your status now uh you're able to that's well, so I, I know this is probably going too long, but I, I really want to explain. After the outbreak, um, we then required people to get a doctor's release and a COVID test. To so come back to work. To come back to work. Right. Because this individual went to a doctor, didn't have a COVID test, and came back to work and potentially was the source of an outbreak. So we then made it our policy to require a negative COVID test to come back to work for any reason that you're out. Right. So now we're really short staffed right. again and still, and you know, people are opting out because they're scared. So, right. And some people don't want to take the tests and the tests take two or three days to get back. And you know, if you have somebody out to take one, they're at the doctor for the day, two days to come back, you know, they're out for three days. That puts a, an enormous burden on your staff. And it was more like four and five days. Right, right, right. You're oh, right. Yeah. Actually they're shorter now. You're right. You're right. Yeah, it, it was really one one person was even a week. Um, wow. And you're right. People don't want to take tests. So right. um, everybody got uh, to answer now your, your most recent question. Everybody's been tested. Everybody's negative. The three people that were positive, I required them to get a negative test to come back against the recommendation of the County Department of Health because they said CDC, New York State, Essex County Department of Health says if somebody is symptom free for 14 days, they are con- considered not to be contagious. We I, That was not acceptable to me. I needed a negative test based on the impact on my people right. and, and how they were feeling about this. There's no way that I could bring somebody back and, and say, they're still positive, but don't worry about it. Right. That just doesn't work. Right. So right. We, had, we had one of those folks was out for six weeks trying to get a, a negative test. And it was explained to me that uh, the virus fragments live on, even though it's 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 over. There's still fragments; they still test positive. I don't care the reason. Right. I just want a negative test. Right. You need so, to keep your people safe. Right. So uh, today, to answer your question, um, everybody's tested negative. Everybody that uh, wants to be back is back, um, and we are not fully staffed because we. I've had some uh, losses of people, um, not necessarily related strictly to COVID, but I think COVID was a factor or is a factor in everybody's workplace because it adds a stressor that is, you know, retail stressful, as you know, already. So it's a new uh, dimension. It's a, it's a new variable that we're all forced to deal with. Uh, and, and so, and it's a, it's a big one, right? When it, when it pops up, it's a very complicated issue. And so as a result, it adds stress to our lives, of course. Yeah. So we're hiring, we, we've hired a couple folks, um, even before the outbreaks, uh, we hired a couple great folks and, uh, somebody said to one of the new candidates, uh, why would you look for a job now? And why would you go into retail? And this this new employee related to me that, um, have you seen the way Ward Lumber is responding and, and how protective they are? I feel comfortable working there. Right. Um, and this individual continues to work for us and, and worked through this, these positive cases and, uh, and, and um, you know, has, has been a stalwart. But uh 
it has impacted our ability to hire. My openness and transparency saying, hey, we've had cases. Yep. You know, people find that out and think, ah, yep. yeah. You know, we get to the point where somebody says, uh, yeah, I'm really interested. And then all of a sudden they disappear off the radar. Right. They find what you've so, done on social media and it concerns them. Right. You know, listen, I, I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, I, I understand. <clears throat> right. Communication is is crucial and you always have to be direct, honest and straightforward in your communications. You know, simple. Right. And right. so this happened to you. And just because it happened to you doesn't mean that. That means that we change our practices of being honest, honorable, upstanding members right. of our communities. We do what we do in the circumstances that that conspire against us, conspire against us, you know? Right. So we're, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> well, I, you know, the, the circumstances conspire against us. And you're right. Our customer count in, in the JSTOR, uh, the foot traffic through the door tanked. Right. Um, you know, I, I'd be looking in the store and it's like, wow, it's a ghost town in here. Right. It's to be expected. You know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, you know, out of the ordinary. It, that's what you expect. Right. Um, our deliveries went through the roof. So right. our delivery team was stretched like crazy. Right. Um, but uh, I had many messages who customers who said, you have a customer for life because of how we handle this. So yeah. in the long term, we will be fine. We'll be stronger. I've said to my team, we'll get through this and uh, we will be stronger on the other side. Well, I, I believe that you will. And, and Jay, we're, we're getting towards the end. Uh, do you want to take a second to uh, uh, give any last words or final thoughts on this experience? Um, take it serious. Anybody who's half-assing it, is just asking for trouble and they're really, really putting, don't worry about the business. Think about the people. If somebody's half-ass in this, um, it, it, they're, they're really putting people at risk. And, and I, I have lived this and, and I feel a real responsibility to the ward lumber family, not just the employee team, but the, the family members. One of the, one of the, my employee teams, uh, wife and uh, daughter got very sick. You know, so I'm worried about my guy. Yeah. And then I'm sweating about, you know, their family members. Yeah. So I recommend you not do this. Right. Not go through this. Do everything you can to take avoid this situation. Yeah. Take it seriously. Take it seriously. Well, Jay, I, yeah. I have to thank you. I, I know that this is a personal and private issue for uh, for. Uh, Jay Ward and for the Ward Lumber family. And I really appreciate uh, you opening yourself up like this. I've seen a lot of your videos. I love, as I've shared with you before, I, I love the work that you do in terms of communicating uh, with your customers and with your employees. I've seen a lot of it and I think you do a, a great job. And, and so to your credit, it sounds like you handled this extremely, extremely well. And I, I thank you for doing that. And I thank you for coming on the show today and sharing that experience with us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And if others can learn from, from the challenges, um, so much the better. So that's our episode for today. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Mark My Words podcast. I'm your host, Mark Lipton, and you can hear this podcast. You can like, subscribe, review this podcast at the Apple Podcast Store, SoundCloud, Blueberry, or on Stitcher. 